This is y'all talk with a southern accent. Hello, we are starting not only a brand new week here on the program, but a brand new month. Hello and welcome to October. And this is the Y'all Show. Where's our German music? It's Oktoberfest. Guten Tag, guten Abend, and guten Morgen. Whatever time you're listening to us here. Yeah, pull out the old lederhosen and get ready for some good Oktoberfest uh, fun here on the Y'all Show in the month of October. And, of course, as we wind the month through this uh, couple of weeks, we'll have maybe some Halloween-related activities, some fall clothing tips, of course, lots of college football as we're into October we're getting things turned up big time in college football NFL action from Sunday that we'll try to get to before we get out of here today just a listing of that lots of college football talk coming at the beginning of hour two today and we're actually going to do it with a special guest Jerry Short who appears on this show each Monday well we caught up with Jerry and we are going to have him right here with us as we start hour two and we'll get his take on the weekend in college football and then we'll segue over to having him have his tales from Takapola as Jerry is going to have a very painful start to the month of October here on the Y'all Show. We're going to get him to talk about since college football is going to be front and center on his mind to start hour two. We're going to get him to relive a incident that happened in the famous four second game. If you know anything about SEC football There was a game played in Baton Rouge back in 1972. Burt Jones was the quarterback of the LSU Tigers. In a game against Ole Miss, a clock operator there at Tiger Stadium was a little conservative, and that's being polite on the clock management. And LSU got another playoff and won on a walk-off win against Ole Miss. And a lot of... Of resentment between the two programs from that point then and and even maybe today for some of the old timers well jerry short was at that game and if the four second ordeal wasn't enough for him well he got into a massive massive fight after the game and he's going to tell us all about it as he was truly outnumbered and almost had some biblical help as he got uh, a, a horde of Tiger fans who were ecstatic about a upset win or a, a miracle win, and and Jerry was very upset about the loss for his team. So we're going to talk about that and how he was pummeled in a big way. Looked like he had been sent through a meat grinder, according to what he's told me in the past about this incident. One of many games Jerry went to f- football games and was beat up sometimes by clubs. So he takes his college football seriously. I don't know if you take it quite that serious, but we're going to get the story from Jerry about college football in 1972 when we start off an hour or two. And then Jerry was telling me recently about his trip to a dentist as a child and how awful it was and how he hates dentistry today. Well, I went to a dentist twice last week, once for myself, once for my son. And I also had my own you know, horror stories of going to a dentist, and it's definitely improved. And we love our dentists. They have important work they do. But I think even dentists would admit that, especially 20, 30 years ago, it was a lot, lot more painful. And Jerry seems like he had a very evil dentist back in his childhood who took dentistry to a whole new level of, of fear. So we'll talk about that 
and get a, maybe a good laugh if, if all of you maybe can relate to having maybe a dentist quite, uh, maybe not quite that bad, but what he had when he was growing up in the outskirts of Takapola. Well, that's, that's all coming up today on the Y'all Show. We also, this hour, going to get into hashtag hullabaloo. And we've got some business news as a major pharmacy and discount store across the southeast is making some collaborations and possibly some closures coming up for Fred's Pharmacy. You may live in a part of the south. I think Fred's is in over a dozen southern states. We've got some news from Memphis where they're headquartered about their new relationship they've got with Walgreens. We'll have that coming up in our business report later this hour. Y'all Street Business Report is what it's called. And, of course, we've got hashtag hullabaloo and a whole lot more. That's all today on the Y'all Show. On Tuesday, we've got barbecue talk. On Wednesday's show, we'll have Precious Harris back here to give us the latest with country music news and all the goings-on in Nashville, Tennessee on that front. And, of course, on Thursday, we'll have our SEC football preview of what's going on this coming weekend in college football as the Gators and the LSU Tigers get together this weekend. That'll be a lot of fun. And there'll be other big games that we'll tell you about within the SEC on Thursday's show. Of course, Friday we'll have General Gridiron getting you ready for college football over the weekend. So lots of fun here on the Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. As we start off today's show, we want to remember the victims of last year. It was one year ago the Las Vegas shooting happened, the worst mass shooting in American history. It happened at the Route 91 Harvest Music Festival on the Las Vegas Strip and, of course, the perpetrator, Stephen Paddock, shot all these people, killed them, and ended up killing himself. Fifty-eight people were killed and 151 people injured from Paddock's gunfire in Las Vegas at this country music festival. And that was one year ago today. I don't know how many of those may have been from southern states. I do know that many of the acts, like Jason Aldean, who was on stage at the time of the gunfire, of course, is a Georgia native, a guy that I worked with back in Nashville, and, and you may know him from some of the satellite radio stuff he does today, Stormy Warren. Stormy Warren was on stage emceeing the Jason Aldean concert when the gunshots went off. I've actually seen him interviewed on one of the news channels after this tragic event from one year ago today, and and it just brought home how this thing could, could have happened anywhere, anytime, but yet, 58 people dying one year ago, October 1st, in 2017 in Las Vegas with the shooting there on the Las Vegas Strip. A horrible incident, and hopefully we'll never have anything like that happen again. But unfortunately, in today's world, with uh, the availability of guns, and I'm not going off against guns, it was an idiot that pulled that trigger that killed all these people, but it's just so easy to to not put a finger on why people do things. And this is a perfect example. What I don't think we still know why Paddock did what he did in Las Vegas last year. And you can create all kind of laws all day long, but in, in the end, if somebody's hell-bent on doing something and they don't tell anybody, it's pretty hard to put a stop to them. And it was unfortunate last year, and we remember those victims one year later. A very bad weekend in the state of Mississippi when it comes to law enforcement Two officers were killed on Saturday in Brookhaven, which is south of Jackson. And then Sunday, another Mississippi law enforcement officer was killed. And that happened in Walnut, Mississippi, which is in north Mississippi along the Tennessee border. 
Off-duty trooper Kenneth Joshlin Josh Smith of Walnut was fatally shot on Sunday in North Mississippi. He and another victim were found at approximately 12.45 in the morning by state troopers and law enforcement agencies responding to a call. The other gunshot victim was taken to a hospital with non-life-threatening injuries, but Smith was pronounced dead on the scene, and it looks like law enforcement officers have arrested Troy Anthony Eaton of Rienzi, Mississippi, for the murder of this off-duty law enforcement officer. And again, two people, two law enforcement officers, were killed in Brookhaven, Mississippi. Brookhaven has become kind of a really bad place for for victims of of gun violence. I know there were like eight people killed in some kind of family dispute. I, I should know all the details. I'm just coming off my head here. You may remember that. I think another law enforcement officer was killed in Brookhaven in the last few months. And so we want to keep our thoughts in Brookhaven, Mississippi, in South Mississippi, where that is. And of course, on Sunday, the death of off-duty trooper Kenneth Josh Smith in Walnut, Mississippi, dying after he was fatally shot. Well, the guy running for governor on the Democratic ticket in Florida has some explaining to do. After this youth outreach staffer for the governor's campaign was calling for President Trump's death on Twitter, and then he wore a shirt calling pro-Trump states D-U-M-B-F hyphen K-I-S-T-A-N. Dumpfkastan, I guess, is how you pronounce that. 24-year-old Manny Orozco Balestas has made a series of sexually graphic and politically charged comments on social media during the last few years, and he's been flagged, and the campaign for Gillum has fired this man for his, I, I guess, extreme beliefs on President Trump and for that T-shirt choice that he was seen wearing. And I'm not sure if you make an accusation against executing the president that that's something Secret Service comes and pays you a visit for. I would think they would. But uh, they, they, the Republicans have called the firing and saying the post was unconscionable. And they just feel like that could be a recurring theme within Gillum's campaign as he and the Republican candidate for the state of Florida, Ron DeSantos, are going up against each other in November for the governor in the state of Florida. Another high school athlete in the South has died after a severe brain injury playing football. In Zebulon, Georgia, Pike County High School student Dylan Thomas was hurt during a game Friday night and then flown to a hospital in critical condition. He was hit in the second quarter of a game and collapsed on the sidelines when an arm and leg went numb, and he later died. A vigil was held Sunday afternoon at the school for Thomas. A fundraiser for the victim's family has been established. They've already got nearly $25,000 raised for this football player in the state of Georgia, Dylan Thomas, dying after being hit on the field. And again, we've talked about how a cross-country runner in North Carolina died. Last week, we had two Mississippi high school football players dying after, as a result of football, one of which was they traced cocaine in his system. So I don't want to blame football for that. But we ought, had a Mississippian from Houston, Mississippi, die playing football that we reported. And I'm sure there may be others out there across the South Line, but a, but a dangerous sport, and it seems to be getting even more dangerous and that's a shame because it's something that most Southerners, like myself, love to watch play. But these high school students have no reason to be losing their life 
playing a game that they love. And we want to keep his family in our thoughts and prayers. In the Memphis area, a U.S. Postal Service mail carrier was caught on surveillance video. And it looked like he was urinating on the homeowner's front porch as he delivered the mail. And the footage showed the mailman apparently relieving himself, then walked down a sidewalk and up several stairs onto the porch. And this Postal Service employee appeared to stop urinating once he arrived at the mailbox attached to the home and looked around the area, then pulled the homeowner's mail from the bag and dropped it in the box. And then after delivering the mail, which he should have done, however he shouldn't have urinated, the employee walked away from the home and toward the street, narrowly avoiding walking in his own urine. The homeowner told local Memphis media that they haven't touched the mailbox in the day since the alleged incident took place because he's worried about what could be on it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, yes, it looks like this postal worker maybe doesn't have time to stop off at a fast food place and relieve himself, but they did it on the porch of this home, and it's rather a disgust, disgusting image and video that this homeowner has shared of this postal service worker. It darn sure looks like what we think, what we just reported on is absolutely true. They did it right there in broad daylight in the Memphis area, peeing on a porch, delivering mail. Now, that's going to make you pay a little bit more close attention when those packages come. You're going to be wondering, okay, what else has been going on? Is that something that the Postal Service needs to offer as a, something you can add on with your tracking? Would you like, you know, they always ask you, would you like to pay for tracking or whatever, Saturday delivery or whatever the options are? Would you like to have a pee-free delivery? That would be funny. Funny thing they could bring that 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 would that would that would be my suggestion for the postal service. A Florida man has been arrested after he killed a puppy from a balcony, in which owners of this puppy were walking it on the street. Johansson Concepcion de la Ross shot and killed the eight-month-old puppy on Saturday, and he's now, of course, been arrested. He had a high-powered pellet rifle, and Davie Police Department said that he faces a charge of felony cruelty to animals. It happened around 6.30 at night on Saturday when the owners of the dog named Princess were walking the animal around an apartment complex north of Miami. And he had the pellet rifle with a scope on it, took a knee, lined up the crosshairs, and took a shot killing the little dog. And Princess was assassinated by Della Ross, who was a 19-year-old Floridian. What a terrible guy. How could you do that? I don't know if they, if they knew the owners of Princess or not, or he, he was just that darn cruel. But that coming from the state of Florida, in Davie, Florida. Well, how about the group Alabama? They went back to Randy Owens' alma mater last week and performed a concert at Jacksonville State University. You may remember it was back in March that tornadoes, were in Alabama, and a tornado came through the Jacksonville State University campus in East Alabama, and it dealt millions of dollars of damage to the campus, but the campus stayed strong. They had the hashtag JSU strong, and volunteers came to JSU for several weeks helping to clean up the campus. Really, as the spring semester was winding down, they had a lot of downed trees, power lines in the area. And Randy Owen, who's been a major contributor to Jacksonville State, 
as the lead singer of Alabama. They sold, gosh, 100 million records maybe, maybe more in his career. And, of course, he wrote a lot of those. Randy's not hurting financially. He's given back to his alma mater a long time. He's even been on the board of the uh, trustees or visitors of Jacksonville State University. And last week, Randy and his cousins, uh, Teddy Gentry and Jeff Owen, came back to Jacksonville State University's football stadium, and they put on a benefit for the damage done by the March 19th tornado. And they have now raised $1.2 million with the Jacksonville Strong Concert that also featured Jason Nisbell there in Jacksonville, Alabama. So good job there. And Alabama sent uh, tweets out. Jacksonville State sent out appreciative tweets. JSU's tweet said, $1.2 million. What a night. We are so thankful for all of you attending the Alabama and Friends Benefit Concert. Remember, Alabama did a similar concert in Tuscaloosa back when a tornado came through T-Town several years ago. And they had a big concert at Bryant-Denny Stadium and had a great song that was put out on the radio about dealing with the Alabama tornadoes of 2012. That that maybe I think that's about right. It looks like Charlie Daniels made an appearance at this JSU Strong concert down in Jacksonville last week with Randy Owen and the boys from Alabama. Good stuff. Good, good to help them out. And I'm sure they're still taking money if you want to help out the Jacksonville State effort to get their campus back to normal. Help out JSU Strong. Check out that hashtag on social media. From the state of South Carolina we go. And this is a, a, a rather historic story that, of course, I'm a lover of history and military history to be specific. But it ties into the state of Tennessee as well as North Carolina, Georgia, and South Carolina. In World War I, there was an Army division, the 30th Army Division, known as the Old Hickory Division. And officials in Greenville, South Carolina, are recognizing what the 30th Infantry Division did in World War One and then in World War Two as well. And they had an event called Remember Old Hickory Day over the weekend in Greenville, South Carolina. And in Greenville, back during World War One, thousands and thousands of doughboys went to Greenville to train for World War One at Camp Severe in Greenville, and these men ended up becoming major components of the Allied victory a hundred years ago in France during World War One. And these group of men broke through the German Hindenburg Line, and that, as a result, really led to the the very fast end to this awful conflict known as the Great War. And in Greenville, South Carolina, the 30th Infantry Division, the Old Hickory Division was remembered this past weekend as we're getting close to the 100th anniversary of the exact end of World War One, November 11th, Armistice Day, which we now know as Veterans Day here in the U.S. That is coming up soon. By the way, the 30th Infantry Division was active from 1917 to 1919 during those World War One years, reactivated in 1926 and was alive all the way through 1945 then decommissioned, brought back in 47, and then it was dissolved once and for all in 1974, rather, uh, during the Vietnam era. And the 30th Infantry Division's battles include the Somme Offensive in World War I. In World War II, they fought at Normandy, 
in northern France, the Rhineland, and in Central Europe. In fact, the Germans gave them a nickname during World War II because of their fierce fighting. They were called Roosevelt's SS, as the SS were the ruthless people and, and criminals in Hitler's army. Well, they called the Germans called the 30th Infantry, the Old Hickory Division, Roosevelt, as in President Franklin D. Roosevelt's SS. I guess that's kind of a good honor. So if you are a member, an alumnus of the 30th Infantry Division, which we do have a few out there still alive, we thank you for your service, and we thank all of our veterans, no matter if they're World War II, Korea, Vietnam, or the more recent wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Thank you for your service. A Mississippi man has found the governor of Mississippi's wedding ring. Well, that's pretty neat, but this is a ring that's been lost for decades, and he found it in an old couch as the governor of Mississippi was very thankful to be reunited with his original wedding ring after he lost it way, way back. A guy named Jeff Mayer noticed the ring in an unlikely place and ended up getting it to the, the governor. And what's amazing, I guess, is this couch has stayed in Mississippi and maybe somebody in another state may not know Phil Bryant's name and know that he's the current governor of Mississippi. And this old couch is still out there. You know, old couches have value and it's a, it's a great thing. The first family of Mississippi had this couch back in the 1980s, but in 1989, they gave it to the cousin of First Lady Deborah Bryant, and and that's the same year the governor believes it went missing. Inscribed on the gold wedding band were the Bryants' initials, as well as their December 31st, 1976 wedding date. And what a nice gesture there, getting his wedding ring back after he lost it. Gosh, 35 years ago, something like that. And the governor met with Mayor in Copaya County to retrieve the ring and posted a photo of the moment on Twitter. So good job, Governor Phil Bryant of Mississippi. By the way, the governor's going to be hanging out with President Donald Trump tomorrow night in South Haven, Mississippi, as President Trump is going to be putting on a big rally at the DeSoto Civic Center. So maybe, I wonder if he'll be wearing that new old wedding ring when he's out with the president in North Mississippi tomorrow night. Something tells me he's probably got one of these newer, like, copper-type-looking wedding rings. I just don't like those personally. And I'm a guy who's had two different wedding rings, sadly. And I just want your basic skinny gold ring. That's all I care for. And I'm sure most guys out there, that's all they want. But some of these wedding rings can get rather gaudy, in my opinion. And I don't think it's the guys picking them out. I think it's the brides. I think they go think they're going to be fashionable and perhaps have matching rings, something like that. But I'll be honest, I don't like wearing rings of any kind. And I, I was very proud of my red, wedding rings when I had them. I'm very proud of my college ring. Uh, my college ring is a big freaking deal where I went to school. And a lot of guys never take it off. But I don't like to wear rings. I, I wear my rings on special occasions. If there's something going on or something formal, I'll put it on. But even if I've got it on, I take it off pretty quickly. I don't like to drive down the road, for example. I don't like the feeling of rings on my fingers when I have, have my hands on the steering wheel. It's just I'm not comfortable with it. Perhaps you're that way, too, if you're male or female. Well, this is a bizarre story coming from the Peach State. As North Georgia's breakfast buffet bandit 
is no longer freeloading at area hotels, but he's still at large, according to police. And this thief has been having his fill of breakfast at hotels around Dalton, Georgia, for some time. And they're trying to find out who the breakfast bandit is to keep him from eating all this free food at the hotels around Dalton, Georgia. And he's been eating this for quite some time, going into the Holiday Inn Express Super 8 and the Quality Inn in Dalton, Georgia. I've stayed in Dalton, Georgia a few times, and I've never, I guess, had the kind of breakfast that makes me want to go back and risk being arrested for stealing breakfast at all times. Staff members stopped the suspect and removed him from the Holiday Inn Express on August 25th. But the man tried to explain his actions by saying, I'm just checking to see how easy it is to get into hotels and get free stuff. Hey, he's being honest. He's being described as a white male with a thick, dark beard and a ball cap. And again, he's been invading hotels around Dalton, Georgia, eating their breakfast buffet. I didn't know that Holiday Inn, Super 8, Calling Inn had that great of a buffet for breakfast that would warrant maybe, like we said, going off to jail. Perhaps jail food would be good. Maybe the breakfast bandit needs to be arrested. And in North Georgia, the jail food could be worth going to jail for. <laughs> but, yeah, don't do that. Not not worth the not worth the crime, I guess. And I've only known one hotel. Ah, two. I've been to two hotels that I can truly write home and say, man, that's one of the best breakfast meals I've ever had at this hotel. Most hotels, yeah, they got you a, a banana or an apple down there in the lobby. But for the most part, mm, mm, you still probably want to go somewhere else. Maybe at McDonald's or perhaps a Cracker Barrel breakfast if you're lucky or Waffle House or even a better yet, some local place around that you can find some good meal options to get you through the day and not rely on the hotel. Although I got to give love to Hampton Inn. We just had our visit to Oxford, Mississippi last week, and they treated us right at the hotel there, loaded me up with a great breakfast, and want to thank all the great staff at the Hampton Inn Oxford Conference Center in Mississippi. Caesar, not only, here's, here's Caesar, the manager there, going the extra mile. Not only did it, they treat us right on the Y'all Show in our visit to Oxford at the Hampton Inn and gave us that great food and a great room, comfortable stay, but uh, Caesar, manager there, was talking to me about what I'm up to now. I told him how I was doing the Y'all Show, and I knew Caesar liked blues music. And so Caesar hooked me up, friends, and he sent me like the greatest hits of great classic blues songs from the South. So we're actually going to play a little sample of that in hour two of a blues track courtesy of Caesar. And you'll hear blues mixed in now with our Southern rock and country music. And we'll be adding some other good Southern art forms like bluegrass and Cajun music too. And even more, if it's got something to do with the South, we're all about it here on the y'all show. So thank you, Caesar. Now, as we wrap up our look around the Southland, why does it this happen to me when I had a big lawn and I had to go out there and mow it? A drunk man in on St. Helena Island in South Carolina has now been charged with mowing a stranger's lawn after he got drunk. Yes, the island packet in Beaufort County says a woman reported a man who rode around her property on a lawnmower 
before urinating on the grass Saturday. I wonder if they work for the Postal Service in Memphis. <laughs> the report says that she told him to leave the yard, but he couldn't understand her. And deputies then found the shirtless man on the back porch, and he told them he was just walking on the beach. He also said he was working on a job site in the area and had permission to be on the land, but the woman disputed that claim. But again, he was drunk, and he decided to mow this woman's lawn without permission. And I wonder if it was an improvement. You know, I wonder how well you cut grass when you're drunk. Is it a nice straight lawn? Do you go the extra mile? And if that's a good thing, then I would, if I were this lady, I would not have called the Beaufort County Sheriff's Department. I would have let him just have his, have his fun out there on the lawnmower. But if he destroyed her lawn, then yeah, lock him up, lock him up, lock him up. But yeah, getting drunk and getting on a lawnmower. I've, I've known of people like George Jones that went on lawnmowers to go get drunk. But to already be drunk and getting on a lawnmower seems a little, a little goofy on St. Helena Island in Beaufort County, South Carolina. When we come back on the Y'all Show, we've got a little hashtag, hullabaloo, coming your way. We've got some fun there that we want to tell you about. And then as we wrap up the hour, we've got our Y'all Street Business Report. We've got some goings-on in Mississippi, as well as Fred's Pharmacy and Fred's Discount Stores across the Southeast. Some news from that chain that is found in a lot of states. We'll have that coming up on the Y'all Show. Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop. Many experts warn of a stock market crash any day now. And if it's anything like the last two crashes, you could lose 50% or more of your hard-earned savings in the Wall Street casino. Can you afford to lose half of your retirement savings again? Hey, you don't have to lose a penny because there's a better, safer way to save for retirement. And you can learn all about it in a free report. This is the report Wall Street and big banks desperately hope you never see. Why? Because this method continues to grow your money even when the market tumbles. It lets you take back control of your money and finances and it gives you penalty free access to your savings plus it beats the pants off any 401k or ira these are uncertain times so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security to get this free report go to bankonyourself.com right now that's bankonyourself.com bankonyourself.com Hey there, I'm a glue stick, so I have one job. I glue kids stuff. So sorry for being jealous of Geico, who does a ton more. Like give you 24-7 access to thousands of licensed agents. And Geico has been around for over 75 years and has a 97% customer satisfaction rating. While I've just got mediocre adhesive skills, Geico also has an award-winning mobile app. Uh-oh, arts and crafts time. No eating the glue stick, Miss Lydia. Geico, expect great savings and a whole lot more. into the y'all show in hour one 
John Rawl, your host, and we appreciate you tuning in. Our number on the Y'all Show is 803-816-1170. That is a free number for you to call or text with questions, comments, suggestions, criticism, praise, recipe ideas. Maybe you've got a a neat way to do something that we don't know about here on the Y'all Show and you want to spread it. 803-816-1170. We want to hear from you. Here on the Y'all Show, it's time for Hashtag Hullabaloo. And a happy hashtag hullabaloo to you in our first installment in the month of October 2018. Yeehaw! All right, hashtag hullabaloo. Hey, we like that fun in this. And we got a little abbreviated version here of hashtag hullabaloo, but we got some goodies. So here we go. Let's dive into the social media madness. And our first tweet comes from Drew Matthews at Drew Matthews KU. And when you see the words or those letters back to back, K and U, it probably means the University of Kansas, but they go by KU. And if you'll remember, if you're a college sports team, the old Big Eight Conference, it had teams like Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Missouri, Nebraska, Kansas, Kansas State, and Colorado, and Iowa State. I think that's eight. And most, if not all, of those teams, they had a cute little moniker of their school initials, but they didn't go by the way it should be. And I don't understand how that's possible, but that's that's the way it goes, okay? So in Lawrence, Kansas, it's the University of Kansas, but they go by KU. In Missouri, which is now an SEC school, it's the University of Missouri, but they go by MU. In Oklahoma, it's the University of Oklahoma. But they go by OU. You get the you get the the trend. Even Nebraska is University of Nebraska in Lincoln, Nebraska. But they go by NU. Now Iowa State, I assume, goes by ISU, and Oklahoma State goes by OSU. Kansas State is KSU. I I'm just going to take a guess that Colorado even does the same goofy thing and. Instead of the University of Colorado going by UC, it's CU. I'm totally guessing, but if they wanted to fit in with the Big 8, then that's the way they would have done it. And I don't really know any other conferences that kind of do that kind of weird twisting of the of the, of the the way the, the school's known by. But KU, Rock Chalk KU, Yankee. Yankee school that's not really real Yankee. It's a Midwest school, but boy, they were pretty ruthless in the Civil War to our southern states like Mississippi and West Tennessee, the Jayhawkers, KU, and they got that mascot from those Civil War times. This guy now, Drew Matthews, went and was a track runner, I guess, at KU. And he's a coach now at the University of Alabama, which doesn't go by AU. If you're an Alabama fan and you go, hey, AU, then – that's that's like blasphemy because that's the initials of Auburn University, not the University of Auburn, by the way, as some people mess that up. Auburn University AU, and at Alabama, it's UA, also known as the Capstone, also known as the number one team in the land and probably won't change anytime soon, for college football at least. I don't know how their track team is at Alabama, but Drew Matthews is a coach for the Crimson Tide track team. And he got on Twitter over the weekend and put this out. And I'm going to read it here. 
So get ready for some KU smart aleckness coming your way from Drew Matthews. It's rained for one day here, and people are out here in jackets and snow boots like it's the end of times. Oh, it's also currently 73 degrees. Hashtag Alabama. Hashtag Southern. Hey, Drew, okay, we don't like we don't like a lot of rain, and we certainly, we're, we're just kind of conditioned here in the south to having those extremely hot temps. So if you're going to come our way and live, with, live amongst us, you got to blend in. So don't pick on us for pulling out winter boots and winter jackets right when it's turning October. And I went to a high school football game Friday night, and I actually wore a light jacket. And I'm glad I did because the temperature was perfect. But when that wind blows a little bit, yeah, you do need on a winter jacket. Now, I don't think you need on snow boots like you're insisting here in your smart aleck KU tweet. But, hey, you're in T-Town. And I've been in T-Town a lot in my life, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And if they want to wear snow boots, I'm all for it. I love a good snow boot. On a woman, at least. Not a guy. But guys will tough it out. They don't need boots. But winter jackets, yeah, wear them. Keep one in the car like I do. I'm sure all of you do too as well because you just never know when it might turn on you. And frankly, I know from having apparel that you can buy at y'all.com, we have y'all branded apparel, women love to have a long sleeve shirt available to them and sometimes they wear it in the middle of July and June and even in August and perhaps September and October when it's 100 degrees outside. You know why? Because they go into a restaurant or some kind of business and it's like ice cold in there with the vents blowing cold air and they don't like to have that on a short sleeve shirt. They want to have a jacket on. So I'm sure you ladies already know what I'm talking about here, but I had to be instructed about the importance of a woman having a long sleeve apparel available to them even in the summer months. And it makes sense now. Jonathan Catlett is on Twitter at M-E-N-D underscore M-S. And she is a LPC at Men Counseling in Oxford, Mississippi. Well, what do you know? And she says she's a Mississippi Delta transplant growing roots in Oxford. All right. Well, here is what Jonathan Catalet put on Twitter. She wrote, I have heard that hashtag old timers, people who've been in the groups for a long time, will tell people who are talking too much to take the cotton out of their ears and stuff it in their mouth. That may be just a southern old-timer saying, but the idea is to listen and learn. Well, there we have some good information coming from Miss Catalet here about telling people to put cotton out of their ears and stuff it in their mouth, and then they're more likely to listen and learn that way. Do you have to have Mississippi cotton? Is that important, Miss Catalyst, when you do this? Hey, how about our cotton? I see it growing in a lot of parts of the south right now, and we've had a lot of rain, and it's getting a little cool, much to Drew Matthews, KU track coach now at Alabama. Uh, he's having fun with our change. I wonder what he thinks of a cotton field in Tuscaloosa in West Alabama. I wonder what he's got to say smart about that. But, Jonathan, you're right, never to – bad of an idea to just listen listen for once instead of running that mouth perhaps we need to get that cotton ball and put it in the uh, mouth and and uh, just listen for once and finally jesse reinhardt on twitter 
And Jesse is at Reinhard Jesse. And Jesse wrote, Tonight's jam, if y'all haven't heard at Blackberry Smoke, y'all are really missing out. Hashtag country, hashtag rock. And sure enough, Blackberry Smoke is an American Southern rock country band from Atlanta, Georgia. And they have performed throughout the U.S. as a headliner and as a supporting act for artists such as the Zac Brown Band, Eric Church, ZZ Top, and Leonard Skinner. Their albums include Holding All the Roses from 2015. This went to number one on the U.S. country chart and the U.K. rock chart. Like an Era went to number one on the U.S. country chart in 2016 and also went to the top of the U.K. rock chart. And Pretty Little Lie has been their best single out there. Pretty Little Lie from Blackberry Smoke. So check it out. Jesse Reinhardt is giving a tease to this southern rock band that's making music right now, Blackberry Smoke. And that's a look at our hashtag hullabaloo for today here where we look at social media and much, much more. When we come back, we've got our Y'all Street Business Report, some news from the Magnolia State and Fred's Pharmacy. Are you familiar with Fred's? If you live in an area that that is located, we've got some news on that front. That's ahead on the Y'all Show with John Rawls. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Clear your calendars because the best time to discover your best hair is here. The Gorgeous Hair Event is back at Ulta Beauty. It's three weeks of daily beauty steals of up to 50% off the most loved brands like Redken, Living Proof, and Dry Bar. Check out deep conditioning masks for a frizz-free fall, flat irons for silky locks that never stop, and color boosters to keep you vibrant all season. But hurry in. The event ends October 20th. Only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. Now for the final segment of Hour 1 of today's Y'all Show. I want to remind you, Hour 2, we're going to have Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola, stopping by for an in-person visit. It's going to be a lot of fun as we'll talk tales of the Southland with Jerry Short. Well, here as we wrap up Hour 1, we've got our Y'all Street Business Report where we look at what's going on in business aspects of our region. And if you've ever been in Mississippi and you want to go from the coast of Mississippi inland to places like Jackson or all the way to North Mississippi, the best way and the more normal way people go is US 49. It's a four-lane highway going through Hattiesburg, lots of traffic, lots of stoplights, lots of deer, very rural, very dangerous highway, but very frequented highway. Well, we told you earlier in this hour about Phil Bryant, governor of Mississippi. He's going to be meeting with President Trump tomorrow 
in South Haven, Mississippi, when President Trump has a rally in the Magnolia State. Well, one of the things Phil Bryan is hoping the president will help expedite is improving US-49, turning it into an interstate, as they have a major port in Gulfport, Mississippi, that a lot of ships come into, and they have to go on these rather dangerous roads to get inland to states like Tennessee and up north to Chicago and more if they're going to go via freight. And the president hopefully will come through for Mississippians as they look to improve 49 and make it more of an interstate down to the Gulf of Mexico. And there's been some money set aside to help states like Mississippi. And Governor Bryant's hoping that a $4.6 billion price tag is just the right fit for the president to keep his promise of helping rural America. And that's the price needed to make 49 essentially an interstate all the way to the Gulf Coast from inland in Mississippi, connecting interstates 20 and 55 in Jackson all the way down to Gulfport, Biloxi, and more. So that would be a big business boom if that did happen. And it helps everybody else want to go to that part of the state of Mississippi drive a lot safer. I've, too many people I know have been actually killed. I've known people killed on 49 by pulling out the wrong way on that busy highway. And just a sad story, an elderly couple I knew once, they went fishing and they turned out and went the wrong way and were killed instantly, both of them couple years ago just sad and i know people have been hit by deer on that and 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 that would be a a major major help for all of us and now a straight shot and not have to deal with all the mendenhalls and mcgee's and let's see collins hometown of actor gerald mccraney you got to go through there on the way to the coast of mississippi on 49 (laughs) and more but they do have wards i will give wards credit that's a a local hattiesburg chain that's got awesome burgers and awesome ice cream and i I don't want this 49 interstate looking thing whatever they're trying to get to make you miss out on going to wards when you're in south mississippi finally fred's is a pharmacy and a chain of stores based out of Memphis, Tennessee, that actually started in Coldwater, Mississippi in 1947, but moved to Memphis not long after their founding. And they're in the news because Walgreens has agreed to buy Fred's patient prescription files and related pharmacy inventory for $165 million. Fred's has got 185 stores across 10 southeastern states and Walgreens is buying these files for 165 mil. And Fred's has had a hard time here lately, and they're looking for a turnaround, and they're looking to get out of the pharmacy business by selling these files to Walgreens. Now, I find that hard to believe that they're going to be able to survive as a company because I think that's a big part of the reason people go to Fred's. Fred's has been a place that I've been to in Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi. Like I said, they're in a bunch of states since they've been founded now 71 years. But they were trying to do an acquisition last year with Rite Aid. That fell apart. And now Walgreens is coming through with the purchase of several files from this company based in Memphis, Tennessee, that I think they have 628 stores as of 2017. Now, some of these may not be in southern states, but they're a major deal. And they got two distribution centers, one in Memphis and another in Dublin, Georgia. Fred's. 
Fred's Pharmacy. Check it out. If you're in small town Southland, that's where they're normally found in smaller towns across the South. Kind of like a Dollar General, but they got a pharmacy. And I wonder what their strategy is going to be going forward. If they're, they're not selling out totally, it looks like, according to the headline, they're just getting rid of their pharmacy aspect in most cases. So that's a look at business news from the South here on our Wall Street Business Report. When we come back in hour two, we got Jerry Short talking college football, talking about getting beat up in a college football game, and going to the dentist as a kid. Now that is something you don't want to miss out on. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl. We'll be back for hour two after this short break. Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop. Many experts warn of a stock market crash any day now. And if it's anything like the last two crashes, you could lose 50% or more of your hard-earned savings in the Wall Street casino. Can you afford to lose half of your retirement savings again? Hey, you don't have to lose a penny because there's a better, safer way to save for retirement. And you can learn all about it in a free report. This is the report Wall Street and big banks desperately hope you never see. Why? Because this method continues to grow your money even when the market tumbles. It lets you take back control of your money and finances and it gives you penalty free access to your savings plus it beats the pants off any 401k or ira these are uncertain times so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security to get this free report go to bankonyourself.com right now that's bankonyourself.com bankonyourself.com This here is the story of Lawrence, who always wanted to play pro football. His parents supported his love of the game, sent him to special camps, and then in college. Pro scouts came to a bunch of games where Lawrence was playing the trumpet at halftime. Yeah, Lawrence was never that good at football, gave up by the time he got to college. But he also learned how Geico could save him a lot of money on car insurance, so he switched and saved. So, this here story has a happy ending after all. This is the Y'all Show Talk with a Southern Accent. And we're back for hour two here on this Monday, the first day of October. How about that? And we are glad to be broadcasting, bringing you plenty of great information this entire month as we enter now, what is it, June, July, August, September, our fifth month of being on the air with our All Southern Show. I'm John Rawl, your host, and I am delighted to have a special guest, you know, in the second hour on Mondays, we bring on the teller of tales from Takapola Way, Jerry Short, and we have found our way to the suburbs of Takapola, and we have Mr. Short joining us right now in the flesh. Hello, Jerry. Hey, John. How's it going today? Glad to see you. Good to see you. What a treat for us to have you here and know that you are an actual person. Uh, yeah. I, um, sometimes I'm talking out both sides of my mouth, but sometimes <laughs> I'm actually a person. Believe it or not, this guy's yeah. tales are 98.9% true. So we when we we have him talk about it on Mondays, just know it's it's probably true. It's probably true, right? Uh, my memory's a little bit other than some of the hearings that have been going on in Washington this week. Yes, yeah. All right. Well, if you want to reach out to us here on the Y'all Show to talk to Jerry or myself or anything you want to get off your chest, our number is eight zero three eight one six one one seven zero, and you can find us on Twitter at Y'all Show, and we're on Instagram at the Y'all Show. So reaching out and various ways to get 
you here on the Y'all Show. We've got Jerry going to switch over to his telling of tales in just a few minutes. But, Jerry, we're going to make you go back into the archives of your days covering college sports and get you to weigh in, if you'd like, on any of the college sports activity from this past weekend. Is that asking too much? No, John, that's fine. Uh, happened to be in a restaurant last night and looked up and saw one of the old teams I used to cover, the yeah. uh, Ole Miss Rebels, Bears, Sharks, or whatever they are called today. Yeah. But uh, I'd say that one probably brings back more memories than any of them. Well, I'll tell you I what. I saw so many of their games and I, LSU games. Yes. Well, I know a story that we're going to have you relay in the next segment. Speaking of Mississippi and Louisiana State playing Saturday night in Death Valley, Saturday night in Death Valley, there probably no better environment in college football. None I've seen. Okay, well, you had a very memorable experience at a game in the 1970s, and one that I'm going to get you to reenact later in the show. I'll even bring <laughs> out props if need be to, right. to make you feel at home. But it's a it's an unbelievable story that I don't know how you survived. Uh, hadn't completely okay. yet. <laughs> <laughs> so that's coming up. We're, gonna, we're actually going to talk uh, Jerry Short abuse today. I'm going to have you talk about that game from the early 70s between uh -huh. the Rebels at that time and, right. and, and LSU. Right. But also, you and I were talking over the weekend about your love, and I put that in air quotes, love of going to the dentist. And I'm oh. sure a lot of people listening right now have their own fears of dentistry. And I actually went to a dentist the other day wasn't too bad, but I'm going to share my own experience about that coming up with you and, and vice versa. So if you want to hear some good de Ooh. dental talk, we've got that here on the Y'all Show. If, if you've got an amulet, on standby. We need to. We I need a, 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 a psych. It also needs to be available for us, too. <laughs> All right, let's talk some college football. I know you said you mentioned seeing that game Saturday night. You may have seen some other college football action this past weekend. We're going to first start out looking back at the weekend in college football with the Big 12, uh, a conference we do spotlight from time to time here on the program. Oklahoma cruised to a 66-33 win over Baylor. How about West Virginia? They went all the way to Lubbock, and they got a 42-34 win. And this was a top 25 matchup between the Nears and Texas Tech. And West Virginia seems to be doing the right thing thus far this season. Well, it looks like it. And that's a team that uh... – Ole Miss beat Texas Tech, right? Yeah. I thought they beat them in the first game in a neutral side in Houston, maybe. That's right. Texas Tech, when they lost that first game of the season to at NRG Stadium, you had to wonder, was this going to be, what is it, Cliff Kingsbury, That's, the coach here? Is this going to be the, his swan song? But he's uh, he, he did well last week. Now he went to Oklahoma State and won against the Pokes. But then he goes back home to AT&T Stadium, I think it's what it's called. Well, you go to Stillwater and win, you've, done, you've accomplished a lot, you know. Yeah, but he comes back home and he gets beat pretty bad. Yeah, and then you, you you take two steps forward and three back. Yeah. Texas, they seem to be on the rise. Not only did they beat Southern Cal and TCU in back-to-back -back weeks, they went on the road to Kansas State, and they won 19-14 to over the weekend. OSU got rebounded. They defeated Kansas 48-24. to there in Lawrence and TCU, man, what a close game. They narrowly escaped, but they got the win over Iowa State 17-14. to 14. I don't know what's going on in Fort Worth right now, but they're they're having problems. Uh, we've got a good coach. He's uh, been offered a lot of jobs, and he's hung his hat right there. His at, visor. Uh, he's a his, visor He's guy. a visor guy, sorry. Yes. <laughs> he's hung it right there in Fort Worth, the home of uh, Coach Vault. That's right. All right, ACC, how about Florida State? Willie Taggart's team gets it done on the road, defeating Louisville 28-24, to 24, old Bobby Petrino is not ready to 
he might be ready to pack his bag and get on that scooter and head out of Louisville Bobby, pretty soon. Bobby's got problems all over the place. Yeah. Wake Forest, they cook rice 56-24. NC State with a nice win, 35-21. The Wolfpack right now is undefeated. So good job there at Carter-Finley Stadium over the weekend. Georgia Tech, they get on the winning side. They defeat the Falcons of Bowling Green 63-17. to That's hard to put up that much points when you have an option offense. But Oh, you just can't hardly do it because you usually don't have that much time of possession. That's right, but Tech did that over the weekend. Boston College got a 45-35 Win over Temple. This was a game that BC actually trailed uh, a good bit early in the game. It came back and got that. A little surprised by this score. Virginia Tech gets back on their winning side of the ledger. They won 31 to 14 over David Cutcliffe's Duke Blue Devils. Duke was undefeated prior to this game. David all. David can be a little. You know, I've been around David a good bit when he was at Oxford, and mm-hmm. uh, he can be a little bit inconsistent sometimes. Well, I saw Coach Cut- Cutcliffe get a win over the weekend. That yeah. would be his son. His son, his son, Chris, is the head coach of the Oxford, Mississippi High oh. School football team, the Chargers, and they got a big win over the University of South Panola. So there was a win in the Cutcliffe household this past weekend. I think the University of South Panola dropped back down to the junior college. Okay, they may have. Yeah. UCF, big win for them, 45-14 over the ACC's Pitt Panthers. And how about this? Clemson narrowly escaped. They should have lost the game. They They were – Really losers of 59 of 60 minutes of this game. And in that final minute, that's all that matters if you can find a way to do it. And Clemson rallied to get a 27-23 victory over the Orangemen of Syracuse. Looks like the Orangemen are making a comeback. Yeah, they hadn't been really this strong since the 60s. No, they haven't. But Dino Babers' team, of course, went into Clemson undefeated. And what a statement that would have been made. It Not only if they'd have won this year, but remember, they beat Clemson last year in New York. And back-to-back years over a, a superpower, which is Clemson right now. They and Alabama really are the best teams in college football. I'm sure Ohio State fans would disagree after what they did this weekend, going to Happy Valley and getting a, a narrow win there over the Nittany Lions. Now to the SEC. No surprise, Alabama cruises 56-14 to over Louisiana Lafayette. Tennessee knocks off, or rather Georgia knocks off Tennessee 38-12. to Auburn, man, they had problems with the weather. I think it was, what, like a three-hour delay or it something? It was at least close to that. Auburn defeats Southern Miss 24-13. to The Gators, they went into Stark Patch. They got a 13-6 to win. You and I saw Coach, some of that. Coach Mullen uh, come back in, and it looked like it was going to be revenge. Stark way away, but it uh, kind of turned on Starkville. Yeah, and I know Mississippi State fans – who are bitter about him leaving? Of course, you know you have experience. I've with been through that with Tommy Tuberville, Tuberville when he left for Auburn. Yes, and uh, he talked to me at a game to uh, try to keep the Ole Miss fans off of him if I could. <laughs> like you're going to be yeah. security for him? Hey, Pickin, come here. You know, uh, what? Why are they still mad? Yeah, well, they, people are upset now. How had Joe Moorhead's MSU team won Saturday night? I think people would have been ready and and ready to push Dan Mullen to the way back of their memory and. Although, as you and I have talked about, he will go down as the best coach Mississippi State's ever had. You know, Dan I, Mullen, I, that I, is. I, I think him and, uh, you know, you got to – they've had a lot that went on to be really good at other locations. Had Darrell Royal at one time and won one national championship at Texas. Had Murray Warmoth that went on and won national championship at Minnesota. And then they got Jackie Sherrill that's won a national championship. At Pittsburgh, but they hadn't been able to do prior it. Prior to coming to state. But they had no one has been able to do it at Starville. And Mullen did have them ranked number one. There for several for weeks. Few, you know, a few weeks. So. Yeah. 
Gave, gave a guy credit, you know. Yeah, it, which was one reason someone like me thought he would never leave. I no, mean, I thought he had found a home for life. Yeah. And they felt the same way the state people. And I guess that's what they're a little bit upset about. Okay. Well, he could come back one day. Yeah. You know, the way that Florida job's been a revolving. Florida's a, it's just definitely in the elevators. <laughs> one floor over there. That's right. Texas A&M, they escaped. They get the win over Arkansas at Jerry World 24-17. How about this? Jerry Jones, of course, great Arkansas football player at one time, and now he's got a grandson as a quarterback on the Arkansas football team. Isn't that unbelievable? I mean, that's what you kind of dream Playing of. Playing in his own stadium. You dream of that, you know, and yeah. that just that come what come around came around and back to Jerry. Yeah. Close game in Music City, Vanderbilt narrowly escapes. They get a comeback win over the Tennessee State Tigers from the FCS 31-27. to Goodness gracious. I mean, I didn't hear that score. But uh, yeah, Vanderbilt's played really well against a top-notch team. Notre Dame. Yeah. They didn't look too good against the Gamecocks. But, yeah, TSU from probably just a few blocks away, they come over to West End. And they had a lead in the fourth quarter, but Vanderbilt got a touchdown before the game ended and rallied to get the victory over the FCS OVC member Tennessee State Tigers. The Kentucky Wildcats, they're looking impressive. 24-10 to 10 over the Gamecocks over the weekend. Uh, this is the best I remember Kentucky since uh, 64. Really? Yeah, I mean, when they had uh, a couple of really good stars that beat the number one ranked team in the nation that year. Yeah. And that's the only win they ever had against a number one ranked team. Until they beat LSU. Was LSU number one? Yeah, back in 2007 okay. uh, with it less miles. Yeah, the year they won I guess a, so. The year LSU won a national championship when they had lost two games. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Ole Miss come in number one to start the season after Memphis, beating Memphis 30 to yeah. And they 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 had a couple of really good players at Kentucky, and Kentucky went on and had a really good year. Remember, I think 2007, the season, LSU lost two games during the regular season, but they were both in triple overtime. Mm-hmm. They, lost to L- they lost to Kentucky in six, Lexington. 6-3 game to yeah. Alabama. No, no, no. Back in 2007. Oh, 2007. And they, they lost to Kentucky in triple overtime, I think it was. And then they lost that last game of the year to Arkansas, Houston Nutt. Right. His final game at Arkansas went to Death Valley and came out with a multiple overtime win. A completely unexpected win. But somehow LSU mm-hmm. didn't win the SEC, but I think they found a way to get into the national championship game somehow, some way. Kind of similar to the year they won the SEC and they didn't even get to go bowling. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. So a, uh, a good win for Kentucky there, 24-10 over Will Muschamp's South Carolina Gamecocks. And then you had LSU knocking off Mississippi 45-16 to in a rather soaked night there at Death Valley. Well, you know, I always said, you know, a wet field is a great equalizer. And uh, it had looked like they were playing pretty equal football for, you know, on and off. You know, you'd have a fumble, you'd have a turnover, you'd have a penalty. And, and uh, you just couldn't get – LSU just didn't look like they could get there offense that they had for the game plan rolling from what i could see from the restaurant well their quarterback man he, he looked good he did he he had what nearly 200 yards of rushing yeah he had a and he had nearly uh 300 passing so yeah. you know he really uh he really put on a show and I, joe burrow i don't think was brought to at baton rouge to be a runner no he was brought to stand in the pocket and throw and uh, of course he's learning under the ojt uh coach from oxford that uh yeah. coach o and That's Coach right. Joe's come 
But Coach O's got a tough schedule ahead of him, so he does. He better tighten that belt. They've got Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Georgia, and uh, Mississippi State. All even, coming up, which can be tough. Yeah. By the way, let me correct my stats on Joe Burrow. He passed for 292 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. And then he ran for almost 100. He had 96 yards on the ground and another touchdown. I think he had a 35-yard scamper for a touchdown. Right at the end. In the second half. So. Yeah. What a nice addition to LSU. Hey, you talked about the meat grinder they've got coming up, but uh, look for this team to – I mean, a lot of those games are at home. Alabama's at, at Death home. Valley at Tiger Stadium. Georgia's at Tiger Stadium. They got Florida on the road at the Swamp. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, if LSU, you can especially get that nighttime game. Well, they got a good out. defense, and then they can mix their offense up, and that's a key, too. They're running and they're throwing. That's something that LSU hadn't done in a few years. Yeah. All right, Tiger fans, you got a lot to be on the uh, lookout for and, and get excited. Tiger bait, Tiger bait. Go, Tiger. <laughs> All right, speaking of LSU, when we come back, we're going to get Jerry to switch over from his role of sports broadcaster to Takapola broadcaster. And we're going to get him back in his usual suit of wearing the Teller of Tales. And we're going to talk to him about an experience he had, oh, 50 years ago or so in Death Valley. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and how he narrowly escaped. We'll tell you about that. That's ahead on the Y'all Show with John Rawls. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop. Many experts warn of a stock market crash any day now. And if it's anything like the last two crashes, you could lose 50% or more of your hard-earned savings in the Wall Street casino. Can you afford to lose half of your retirement savings again? Hey, you don't have to lose a penny because there's a better, safer way to save for retirement. And you can learn all about it in a free report. This is the report Wall Street and big banks desperately hope you never see. Why? Because this method continues to grow your money even when the market tumbles. It lets you take back control of your money and finances and it gives you penalty free access to your savings plus it beats the pants off any 401k or ira these are uncertain times so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security to get this free report go to bankonyourself.com right now that's bankonyourself.com bankonyourself.com Hey there, I'm a glue stick, so I have one job. I glue kid stuff. So sorry for being jealous of Geico, who does a ton more. Like give you 24-7 access to thousands of licensed agents. And Geico has been around for over 75 years and has a 97% customer satisfaction rating. While I've just got mediocre adhesive skills, Geico also has an award-winning mobile app. Uh-oh, arts and crafts time. No eating the glue stick, Miss Lydia. Geico, expect great savings and a whole lot more.
This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent as we roll on an hour or two of this Monday edition. John Rawl broadcasting this show on great stations across Dixie. And as we do on Mondays, we are delighted to have Jerry Short anytime, any place join us with the Teller of Tales segment of our show. But today we are in the suburbs of Takapola and we've got Jerry Short right here with us. Hello, Jerry. Live. Yes, live. Luckily. Luckily, luckily live. And we are excited to have you here with us and uh, just reliving a, a great weekend before in college football in the previous segment. But now it's time for you to put on your real work clothes. Well, if uh, you said something about a incident in Tiger Stadium. Is that what you want to call it, an incident? Uh, it kind of... Yeah, let's stay with this well, so far. We'll let you make your mind up when I finish the story. Yeah, we're going to close out this show today talking about Jerry Short's pain. we got dentistry <sighs> talk coming up with Jerry in the next segment. And I'll share my own dental pain stories, okay. too. We love our dentists, but man, okay. they know okay. it's a rough business. It's rough. And, and so we'll talk about that, and that can be something that all of our listeners can relate to, maybe. But let's talk about some of your scars from football. Not playing. You did play football yeah, as a child, but but you have had scars from being a fan, and that's not something that a lot of people can say. So, no. what, are you a, are you a knucklehead or what? Uh, you know, I tell you, I was almost like an alcoholic on Ole Miss football. Okay, growing up. Okay, from the time I was in the seventh grade until I graduated from high school, uh, the Ole Miss Rebels uh, lost only two ball games. And we're always ranked in the top ten, okay. anywhere from one to ten. So uh, I would uh, get pretty upset at ball games, <laughs> and uh, you know I don't even want to start talking about how many fights that ended up in. I've been on the sideline as a high school kid in a fight in a ball game with a friend of mine who was for the opposite team. But let's take it on to the uh, second, I guess, probably the worst I've ever been beaten up by opposite fans. Uh, did you win any of these fights? Um, yes, I did. Uh, I know you were beat over with a cowbell after a Mississippi State win in the 60s. That was in 63, uh, 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 no, 62, the year that Ole Miss didn't play them. And, uh, and that was in Starville in a fight when they were playing Memphis State. Then it happened again in Oxford in Archie's senior year when his uh when he was uh his arm was broken and he didn't play in state one and it was at Oxford and I was with a red shirt old miss football player who little kids was running around on the field and he said, Let's hit somebody and I thought he was talking about them and I said, Well let's go ahead and he attacks the uh, Mississippi State red shirts who were swinging cowbells at the dressing room. The freshman football team. Freshman football team. They were outside the dressing room door with their cowbells. Back then, freshmen couldn't play uh, football uh, on the varsity. Mm -hmm. You know, they had freshman teams. So anyway, uh, he got up there and he threw a few notes at them. And the next thing I know that uh, they're coming at me and this one hits me with a Big swing of a cowbell right on top of my head. Then he swings again, and he drops his cowbell, and and somehow he tripped, and I've got him down. And there's dentistry that hopefully he needed later. I don't know, but they jumped on me then, and they beat the heck out of me. And I want to at this time take uh, I want to thank uh, Emily Brillard, 
uh, a coach, or Charlie Shire, I believe, was the coach at State that year. Thank him for pulling them off of me. Really? Because I had a partial that I had broken out pole vaulting, and I had a partial on my front teeth. And I was more trying to scrape it back under to save embarrassment than anything else while they beat on my head. With so, cowbells. With cowbells. This was in 1970. Mississippi that, State went mm-hmm. to Oxford and won 19-14. to 14. That is exactly what happened. We had a pass interception from Chuck Chumler to Frank Dowden from Mississippi State to stop the last drive that Ole Miss would have won the ball game. And Ole Miss people were pretty upset because uh, Johnny Vaughn didn't coach that game. He had a heart attack. He was in the hospital. Athletic directors had a heart attack. Everybody had a heart attack after Southern Mississippi beat them. And uh, Archie Manning had a broken arm. Ole Miss won that year, or lost to Southern Miss 30-14, to the first loss of the season after Ole Miss was 4-0, and beating teams like Kentucky, Alabama, and Georgia in a three-game streak, and then they had a home game against USM and lost 30-14. to 30-14, to ranked number four in the nation, and it was nationwide. Uh, Haywood Hale Broom, one of your uh, broadcasters you may remember, who did the Kentucky Derby, and he did a special for ABC. He'd been in Oxford that week doing a highlight show for ABC News that night. Mm-hmm. And Southern came into Oxford, and we were Ole Miss was ranked number four in the nation, and got blown out thirty to fourteen with Archie Manning at QB. So even though Archie, I think, threw for about three hundred some yards, but uh, the defense didn't stand up. Obviously, they had a little running back. It just uh, seemed like every time they'd get inside the ten, he would go left and score right. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, that was a. Uh, uh, situation it caused the coach to have a heart attack yeah yeah he uh he didn't he said he had felt bad all week but uh he felt a lot worse after that you know and then archie broke his arm while he was down while coach vault was down against houston against houston yeah which was actually an old miss win i didn't realize they won that game 24 to 13 well they they were ahead and all right you know they had just put in that artificial turf up there from the money from the sugar bowl the year before which they probably shouldn't have put in and it Back then, it was like AstroTurf was like uh, indoor-outdoor carpet. And when Archie planted his hand and he, after he threw a pass, he was uh, tackled by two big linemen, defensive linemen. And it just planted, and it didn't do anything but just stick on the carpet. And when he stuck on the carpet, it broke his arm, you know, between the elbow and the wrist. And the medical science has come so far. And it took. Uh, he played in the LSU game later that they got blown out in. That game had been rescheduled before the season to December the 5th, and they played at Baton Rouge. And that was supposedly preseason going to be for the Southeastern Conference Championship. Even TV thought so. So they had rescheduled it for the December the 5th. So Archie came in and played, and Ole Miss had a lead, but he had a cast on that was too big for a defensive lineman to tote around. And he was trying to play quarterback, and he ran out of steam and. the in the uh, second start of the second quarter, and Ole Miss was up 17 to 10, and got beat about 61 or two or three to 17. You or got something it, like 61 that. 17. So, and then uh, they went on to play in the Gator yeah. Bowl against Auburn and lost yeah. that one, 35 to 28. Lost to that Heisman. one. Where him, him, and Pat Sullivan were co-MVPs. Oh, really? Archie put on a show at the thing. They got behind and they lost by seven points. Well, let's fast forward from the 1970 season to 
was it 1972, a 17-16 loss to LSU? It was the Burt Jones pass on the four-second game. You know, they had signs of – Was that 72? That was 72. Um, they had signs – you know, 71, Ole Miss had a really good year and had beat everybody. So, uh, that year, Ole Miss was not doing real well, and they, but they were beating LSU, and LSU was ranked pretty high. So, when you know, to back up just a little bit, uh, when we went down there, uh, my wife at the time, who was from South Louisiana, we went down to visit her family, and the ball game was that weekend. Uh, she had asked me not to go to the ball game that weekend because of some of my escapades I had performed, uh, you know, during our early marriage and her being a LSU fan. Escapades revolving football. Football, LSU especially. Okay. And them being from down there, you know. And the whole family and everybody, it's a, it's a religion in South Louisiana, LSU is. Mm-hmm. You know, if I call it LSU long, skinny, and ugly, I might not get out of there alive. So I was going to behave and not go. So we get down there, and they get that's all they're talking is Ole Miss LSU week, Ole Miss LSU week. It wasn't too long after the Billy Cannon thing. Archie had beat them every time he had played them. So, you know, it was a deal, you know, that, hey, you know, we, we're not going to uh, lose to Ole Miss this year. So that was all the talk you got. And I just couldn't stand it. I said, I'm going on up to Baton Rouge. So I drove up to Baton Rouge, and I ran into one of the uh, red shirt football players that I knew. And I got a ticket, and I sat with the students in the students section. So, at the end of the game, Ole Miss was leading by um, six points. And um, they had about a minute and a half to go when Ole Miss scored. Ole Miss scored and uh, kicked the extra point and went up by the six points. So, uh, uh, LSU got, we kicked off, Ole Miss kicked off. I'm in the student section which they always set you in the corner where the visiting team goes out to the dressing room. They have a little hedge row down there. And I know all the Cajun words to use that are uh, anti-Cajun, so to speak. But uh, I'm sitting there, and there was two guys in front of me from Hammond, Louisiana, and then students with me, and the red shirt student with me. And uh, they start their drive. Well, they kept the time on the field then, and, you know, and uh, I mean, in the press box, I think it was an LSU timekeeper. They kept it. I think they changed that rule after this particular game. But they would stop for a measurement on uh, second and five. Really? Yeah, to stop the <laughs> clock. You know. So they kept moving down the field that way. Well, I kept getting madder and madder, you know. And I told the two guys when they got down to the twenty-yard line, I said, "Look, I can't watch it. It got down to four seconds." I said, I can't watch. What I'm going to do is just look at the scoreboard, and when it goes, and when it starts moving, I'll look down. Well, I hear crowds screaming and people going crazy, and the clock hadn't moved. It hadn't moved a tick. So I look down, and Burt Jones has already retreated back seven or eight yards, got in formation, throws a pass all the way into the end zone. I think Harry Harrison, who works on the network for Ole Miss now, was a defensive back maybe covering this receiver. The ball hits the receiver, goes up in the air, comes down on the ground. It's been thrown 20-something yards, and there's no time showing on the clock. We're all cheering. But they say the tick didn't go off. 
It's zero, but the tick didn't go off. They got one play left. So that play's coming up, you know, and we're, we're all upset about it, and we'd been hollering and cheering there in the student section. So they run that play, and then Burt Jones backs up on that play, and he throws to a back called Brad Davis, who caught the ball in the, back, in the end zone right at the pylon and went in, and there goes the official arms up. Touchdown. Well, we go berserk, bananas, crazy. Still don't know if he split that pylon properly. They didn't have instant replay. Didn't really think he did. But anyway, then they kicked the extra point and beat us 17-16, I believe was the score. And I don't know how I could even know as bad as what follows. But as I hollered and looked around, one of the one of the LSU fans in the upper deck above the student section, he hits me in the shoulder with a whiskey bottle. No way. No way. Every day. Poor stuff. Throw cups off on us. Everybody's drenched. So the red shirt football player for Ole Miss says, hey, let's go down there and get them. And he <laughs> turned around. And I didn't drink, but I, it was a beer in the aisle, and I reached and I got that beer can, and I threw it back up at that deck to that guy to try to hit him. Well, he was hanging over the balcony, so to speak, over the bar of the upper deck, and he hollered and cussed me, you know, go to Hades, Ole Miss, blah, 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 blah. And they're out on the field burning Confederate flags, LSU fans were. They had their own purple and gold Confederate flags that they didn't burn, but they burned the red and blue and white ones. So that kind of aggravated me since I was an Ole Miss fan and we were a Confederate. Uh, uh, my, Johnny Rebs. Back in those days, yeah. yeah. And so uh, anyway, um, I, I invited this gentleman, if I can call him such, after he'd cussed me out and hit me with a whiskey bottle, I invited him to make his way around and come down and come where the team goes out at that fence in that in that area below the student section. Well, I, I jumped over the hedgerow, and the, and the redshirt uh, 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 old Miss player said he was coming with me. Well, when I hit on the ground and I was down in there by myself, I look around, and I don't have a redshirt with me. It's just me. <laughs> And so, but I let go of a few choice words for Cajuns and uh, LSU long skinnies and uglies to be polite on the radio. And uh, I watched for the guy, and I had, everybody was mad at me. They were, I mean, they were so mad at me for calling them Cajuns and this and that and swamp rats and and end of the world people and unhuman and everything I could think of that would be anti-Cajun, but. Anyway, when he came around, I kind of rocked back, and I, I hit him really hard, and he went down on the ground. And when he went down on the ground, I followed up with a lick to the head. And I don't know if his teeth went left, right, or straight up, but <laughs> I got a good lick in. And But then they got a lot better licks. <laughs> they, they jumped me from every direction. And I don't know how many it was. I, you know, I... Anybody that could get a part of my body got a part of my body. I had a, I had hair like Elvis Presley almost. Somebody had a hold of the front of my hair pulling it. Somebody had the back of me. Somebody was hitting, hitting me in the rib cage. Somebody was kicking me, and I stayed up. And then they, they took a flag, and, you know, they say flags can be dangerous, I guess, in stadiums. And it was more like a 
fraternity flag or something, but they rammed it in my right eye and tore my eyelid a little bit. And then somebody was doing a, a hook up under, a right hook up under my face and hitting my nose and doing everything else. So they finally they knocked me how, down. How many people are we talking about? I'm saying there had to be anybody that could touch me. So you got it. somebody on your head, one. You got somebody on the rear end who was doing uh, damage on the rear end part of my body. And then you got that guy. You got two maybe back there. You got one on each side. So you got one, two, three, four, five. You got another one that's trying to get a haymaker up under my head to hit me in the eyes. You got six. You got another one. And you got anybody that, and then all the rest of them are standing on top cussing and carrying on. So I went down on my, I went down. And when I got down, they got on top of me. And they said, while we've got this SOB down, let's kill him. Right there on the field right of Tiger there, Stadium. It's in the it's in the gap as you leave the stadium where the hedgerow is about three two and a half feet tall, and they have about a three foot fence with a gate that you open to go out to the dressing room under the stadium. Okay. And you know, normally places would have security. Security. Kind of they had a couple, but they didn't seem to like me too much. You okay. Know? You know, they had like a maybe a deputy sheriff, and he didn't. He but he was out on the field. He had walked up to the wire. No one was in this gap there, mm-hmm. this no-place zone for LSU, anti-LSU people. So they beat me up pretty doggone good. And as they did that, somehow after they said that about let's kill him while we've got this so-and-so down, mm-hmm. uh, the Lord gave me strength to get up from the Cajun group. Lazarus. Lazarus to the rescue. Mm-hmm. And I was able, I don't know how to this day, to get enough strength to get up because it was about beat out of me. I turned and I fell over on the field at that three-foot fence or two-and-a-half-foot fence. And I fell out on the field on the grass. Well, the cop, the uh, deputy, came up to me. And he, as I started to get up to be a smart aleck, you know, and I couldn't even see. Both eyes was closed. As I started to get up, he said, son, you might ought to lay there. You're in pretty bad shape. And, you know, I had a lot of sweat on me, too, because it's always humid in Baton Rouge. So as as I got up, I got up anyway. And then I challenged everybody in Tiger Stadium <laughs> one-on-one like an idiot. You know, I said, I'll take anyone in this stadium one-on-one. I'm here. You're there. Meet me here. But uh, the cop. He put his hand on me and said, you need to calm down, and we're going to take you to the dispensary and get you fixed up. But the crowd was waiting like a mob scene. and They, they, had, they wanted a piece of it. They you. wanted us some more. They didn't <laughs> have enough, that LSU crowd. <laughs> so we fought our way through that dang mob scene to get to the dispensary. And it was up on a second level or somewhere. And we got up there, and they escorted me by, and, People would look at me as I'd come by, and I was bleeding from head to toe, and clothes tore off. And I didn't say this, but I was wearing a blazer, you know, with an Ole Miss logo on it. I was wearing a Rebel vest, flag vest, that they sold at Carl Coors at Ole Miss in those days, an on-campus bookstore. And I had that on. You know, you dress pretty you're pretty pretty good to go to a football game in those days. You didn't yeah. you just didn't put your old hunting clothes on to go, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, 
they got me in there, and the woman, I'll never forget what she told me. She looked at me, and as she was getting her bandages. She's like a nurse or something? Nurse, yeah. She was getting her bandages and her tape and all the fix-em-up stuff out, you know. She looked over at me, and she said, that couldn't have happened here in Tiger Stadium. And I said, ma'am? She said, I've never seen that happen here in Tiger Stadium. I said, you mean beat up this bad, or what do you mean? She said, I just can't believe that happened in Tiger Stadium. Well, she was going to patch both eyes, and I said, I've got to drive. I'm by myself. I've got to drive 60 miles south of here. <laughs> and at that time, they didn't have anything really but ferries across the Mississippi River. And <clears throat> I had to go north of Baton Rouge, across the UAP Long Bridge, and then down through Port Allen on the other side, through Plaquemine on down to, to Donaldsonville. Thibodeau, Donaldsonville and White Castle and mm -hmm. Plottenville and Labadeville, yes. Clotsville. I like it. All that stuff on Bayou Lafouche. So anyway, it took me three hours to get there. Well, Not because of traffic. Not because I couldn't drive over five or ten miles because she tried to stitch. She didn't stitch it. She put tape and pulled my left eye wide enough that I could see out of it. <laughs> <clears throat> so as I could see out of it and go down the highway, that was about a 10 to 15-mile-an-hour trip, you know, all the way to go a two-lane highway through those towns. But they were shut down, and it was after midnight. Yeah. They took me to 3 o'clock to get there. And when I got there, my uh, ex-wife's house there, she had uh, uh, a, a staircase going upstairs, and a kitchen in the back, and a living room in the front, and then a, be a bedroom off to the right, to the side. Well, my wife came in, and when she stepped up on that landing to go upstairs, you could see the front door, which had glass kind of in a uh, line, an angle line off it. You could see the, for, through the front door, and she could see there, and she saw me with tape and bandages all over my head. She turned around, and she went back to bed. So I rang the doorbell and rang the doorbell and rang the doorbell, and finally her mother came, and she carried me to the kitchen table and doctored me up. She said, this could, that couldn't happen at Tiger couldn't Stadium. Couldn't happen at our stadium, not <laughs> Tiger Stadium, you know. And a great game like that with Burt Jones and yeah. Brad Davis pulling that off. And I get home, and pe people take Polaroid pictures. They put the thing on it. They've never seen anybody beat up so bad. But it was uh, all at a football game. All that over a one-second deal, which they called it a four-second deal, but it was really a one-second because the game should have been over. Huh. But it was signs going into Louisiana. Set your clocks back. You're now entering the state of Louisiana. And there was a, a guy on a Jackson radio st uh, sports station. He would show the play and show a clock in the back, and it'd melt down, and it would be seven to nine seconds. And they had four on the clock, so the play took seven to nine seconds. Only at Baton Rouge. Only at Baton Rouge. All right, when we come back, good stuff there from Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola. When we come back, we're going to wrap it up with Jerry talking more pain, but this time maybe not quite as dramatic. It's the pain in a dental chair. That's coming up next as we wrap up today's Y'all. 
As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Clear your calendars because the best time to discover your best hair is here. The Gorgeous Hair Event is back at Ulta Beauty. It's three weeks of daily beauty steals of up to 50% off the most loved brands like Redken, Living Proof, and Dry Bar. Check out deep conditioning masks for a frizz-free fall, flat irons for silky locks that never stop, and color boosters to keep you vibrant all season. But hurry in. The event ends October 20th. Only at Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. And we're back with a final segment of this Monday, y'all, as we are joined by Jerry Short, the short stories man himself. And, man, we had a good story in the previous segment, and it's a true story. I hate to admit it. It's true. I, I wish it weren't true. But you can call it good. I don't know if I can. <laughs> he got the uh, stew beat out of him yeah. back in the early 70s at Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge. Hey, Jerry, I had to go to the dentist this past week, and it, I remember, I'm old enough, believe it or not, to remember how painful going to a dentist was. Not that it was perfectly easy this past week. It still had some discomfort, but it wasn't anything like it was when I was a child. And I know you, you don't even like going to a dentist today. So what is up with that? Okay, we had a dentist in the town that I was living in when my uh, baby teeth needed uh, extracting. Yeah. And they all had to be pulled. And they would pull four or five uh, settings a week and i mean they had roots they still had like three prong roots and they were really hard to pull but we had a dentist that i believe he was doc holiday's relative he must have come from dodge city kansas or somewhere okay and he would show you he'd intentionally show you a kid the, a kid he had intentionally show you the instruments that he was going to use on you <laughs> and i mean you look at a vaccine uh, at a needle that's going to deaden you gums and it looks like something you'd vaccinate a cow with, you know. And I'm looking at that stuff, and I'm saying, I can't tolerate this. I can't stand this, you know. And then I, I would get all frail and back off, and he would say, he had a little old bottle, and he had a little old, uh, uh, something he could smash underneath it, a little red, never forget it, a little red rubber deal. It was kind of like a bubble. And then he had a, a, a long metal uh, target. It looked like a water hose faucet. And then he'd shoot you, shoot you with it, you know, and shut up. And then he, down underneath, he was upstairs. Down underneath was a uh, dry goods store, and it, it had men and women's clothing. And he would say, shut up, I'm going to send down there and get you a dress, or I'm going to do you this, or I'm going to do you that. And I would come to needle, and then the pliers would swing around. And then if you spit, you then you know how you had to spit in that, and blood runs all down it. He makes you watch all that blood running. He makes you watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Keep your head down there where you can see all that. Get it all out. Make sure there's no blood coming out. And I'm looking, and I'm looking at something. Look like I've been shot with a 155 Hollister out of a <laughs> cannon, you know. And we used to go down and sit at the foot of the steps on a Saturday and listen to kids cry and scream up at there. At dentist At office? that dentist office. We'd listen to kids cry and scream 
and then watch them when they come out with, <laughs> it was you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so you made it through Dr. S, Mr. So-and-so, you know. and uh, I'm sure he's deceased. Yeah, he's deceased, Dr. Stacy. And okay. uh, so anyway, it was a, a, a situation that every child was really a dentist coward. And to, and to prove this fact, I was pole vaulting and I broke two teeth and I knocked one out. I come down and I hit the uh, iron bar. The back end had an iron bar. It was a triangle bar across the top. Yeah. And I got it caught up in my mouth as I kicked over. And it broke two teeth. It broke one out. And it had one like on a 45. So anyway, um, I got so scared I couldn't even go have an imprint. You know, I didn't even want to put doggone putty in my mouth to uh, make a impression of what uh, kind of dang uh, uh, false front tooth I was going to have. And I know one of the first things I ever did uh, when I was 18, and that had happened when I was about 17. But when I was 18, I was jumping off of a river bridge in the Yachtney River, and a friend of mine jumped off the bridge, and it looked like he was a little hesitant to jump, and I laughed. And back then, they didn't have wire or anything. It just floated around with plastic in your mouth. And I spit it out in the river. And I didn't have any teeth, the two teeth, across the front of my mouth. So, you know, I looked like Speck or whoever on... Uh, oh, Dr. Spock? You know, uh, no, that country show. Um, oh, okay. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I looked like Slim Rose or somebody like that, you know. I looked like that. And uh, so I went to Oxford, and uh, I went to a Dr. Abernathy. And I went in and I told him, I said, I know you got to do an impression. And they had this old metal plate and they'd put all it. I may still do it because I'm still scared to go to a dentist. I'm scared all my life. I mean, if I know the truth. You'll I know, jump out of airplanes and get in fights with 15 people in Baton Rouge, but you won't go see a dentist. That's really easy compared to what I went through at that dentist office. But as uh, he, you know, I said, look, I, I'm going to be a little bit scared about this. You know, and he said, all I'm going to do is put this putty in this mold and we're going to put it in your mouth with this iron plate just let me find one it'll fit and i said i'm just really he said are you another dr stacy dennis coward he said i get more of those here and i can tell immediately that you've been to dr stacy and i said yes sir i really am and so uh it kind of proved the fact that uh you know and to this day i really need another implant and uh, I don't even want to go do that. And I got insurance that covers it 100%. But I've, uh, I think I'm going to pass. Yeah. So this has been a day of pain that you brought back to me, John. Yes. Thank you so and, much. And I went to the dentist this past week, and our audience may not know this. The dentist that I saw this week told me that anything in your mouth is amplified five times than any other part of your body, the pain. Ooh. So if you touch anything in your mouth, it's five times more sensitive than than the rest of your and body. If you go to Doctor Stacy, it's ten times more. Probably more than that. <laughs> okay. Rest in peace. Okay. You reckon? <laughs> which way do you think he went after all the years of torture? To well, kids? if I'd have had any say so, <laughs> I'd have I'd have probably had to vote it now. But you know, that I guess uh, I ain't had a Hannibal moment, or I ain't had a uh, Spartacus moment, but I've had a scared of a dentist moment. Yeah. You know? Well, we're glad you shared that with. Me. This is kind of like therapy for you. Is that ever, you feel better now? Oh, I feel. I think I'm gonna rush out to a dentist. Yeah, you should. Luckily, they're closed today. Oh, okay. Well, maybe, may, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe Jer- not. Jerry Short, teller of tales from Takapola. Thank you. Good to be here in the suburbs of Takapola today.
It was sure good to have you here, too. And you're welcome back anytime, John. All right. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Well, that will conclude our Y'all Show for this Monday. Hey, enjoyed being with you, and we'll be back with you tomorrow with plenty more good Southern talk. Until that time, have a great rest of your day. You've been listening to Y'all Talk with a Southern accent with your host, John Rawl. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. This here is the story of Lawrence, who always wanted to play pro football. His parents supported his love of the game, sent him to special camps, and then in college. Pro scouts came to a bunch of games where Lawrence was playing the trumpet at halftime. Yeah, Lawrence was never that good at football, gave up by the time he got to college. But he also learned how Geico could save him a lot of money on car insurance, so he switched and saved. So, this here story has a happy ending after all.